Pastor Henry Harder, the Renewal Singers, and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Romans chapter 5, moving on to verses 6 through 8. Here, in chapter 5, Paul is listing the benefits of justification, not only for our eternal future, but also for the here and now. In the opening five verses of this chapter, Paul tells us that peace with God, access to God, joy and hope are some of the benefits of our salvation. When he comes to verse 5, he gives us another benefit, and that is the love of God. This doesn't mean our love for God. This means God's love for us. And this love is made real by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Now, as we come to verse 6, Paul begins to explain the love of God, and he writes as follows. When we were utterly helpless, with no way of escape, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners who had no use for him. Even if we were good, we really wouldn't expect anyone to die for us, although, of course, that might be barely possible. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Roses 
God's love is revealed by Christ's death. And Christ died for the ungodly, not for the good people, but for those of us who were his enemies, who hated him and crucified him. God doesn't save us by his love. He now saves us by grace, because the guilt of sin has been removed by the death of Christ. Now here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. It's a fantastic truth to realize that those of us who have received Christ and believe in Him have in us His life and are thereby justified before God. We stand before Him as perfect as Christ is because we are in Him and we have His life in us. I noted yesterday from Paul's words in Romans chapter 5 that there are several benefits of that justification. Number one, there is peace. Number two, there is access to God's grace. And number three, there is joy. Joy because of our future hope and joy in present trials. Do we really need suffering and trials? We feel it would be so nice without them. The answer is that we do need them. I spoke about that yesterday. Trials develop. They don't destroy faith. Faith is not made insecure, but more secure by trials. Now coming to the fourth point that justification tells us. It tells us that God loves man. There can be no question about that, as we shall see. I have often thanked God for his love for man. Why should he love us? He could just as well have hated us. We certainly deserve that. What if Satan were God? Isn't that a frightening thought? No, he isn't, in spite of those who suggest that he is and that he should be worshipped. Paul writes, God has poured out his love into our hearts. That's in verse 5 of Romans 5. Now notice the next three verses which elaborate on that love of God. Here's verse 6. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The greatest evidence of God's love is that Christ died for us. That's mentioned twice in these three verses. Christ died in our place and so for our benefit. Paul uses a preposition here that means both. That was the highest expression of the love of God. God loved, Christ died. And he died at just the right time. 
Humans had lived under law for centuries. The law had taught man that he was too weak and too helpless to save himself. So it was time for Christ to come. He came and he died. Now, for what kind of people did Christ die? You and I might, in exceptional cases, offer our lives for another good person. But for what kind of people did God offer Jesus in death? God goes to great lengths to tell us that Jesus died for bad people, even the worst. Paul describes the kind of people Christ died for. He calls them powerless in verse 6. That word means feeble and without strength. Man was so weak and feeble that he could do nothing to become righteous before God. He is totally unable to work out any kind of degree of righteousness. Paul also uses the word ungodly to describe the persons for whom Christ died. That's even worse than powerless. He died for the impious, those who were actively ungodly. He died for the wicked, as he noted in chapter 4, verse 5. A third word Paul uses is sinners, verse 8. So powerless, ungodly, and sinners. In verse 10, Paul uses another word, and that is the word enemies. Powerless, ungodly, sinners, and enemies. Those are the kinds of people for whom Christ died. That's a demonstration of the nature of his love. It is clear that God was totally unmotivated by any desirable qualities in the person for whom he sent his son to die. You and I might volunteer to die as a substitute for another, but it would have to be for a good person. Christ died for the helpless and the hopeless, the powerless, the ungodly, the sinners, and his enemies. Those are the kinds of people to whom God extended his love. Those are the kinds of people to whom God gives the life of Christ. And it is those kinds of people whom he justifies. As little children, we would dream of Christmas morn And all the gifts and toys we knew we'd find But we never realized a baby born one blessed night Gave us the greatest gift of all went by we've learned more about gifts 
News, a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.